Welcome to Your Lot and Parcel Podcast with your host, Benjamin Diaz, designed strictly for you, the consumer. You will find that this platform has your best interests at heart. Thank you for joining me today. This is Benjamin. Allow me to introduce my guest. She has an illustrious background, I must say, as the owner of her law firm, She advises employers on various employment laws, such as the Family and Medical Leave Act, on age discrimination, and the American Disability Act as well. However, one of her highlights of her career was when she was appointed as the magistrate of the 68th District Court in Flint, Michigan, from 2007 through 2008, one of the youngest people to serve in that capacity. She is the founder and owner of the law offices of Tennille Royston, PLLC, located in McKinney, Texas. Let's invite her to our show. Here she is, Tennille Royston, attorney at law. You know, there are plenty of moms and dads that are having to work to support their families, and probably so more today than ever in history. However, fortunately, there are federal and state regulations that protect the rights, uh, the the employees' rights to receive fair pay, benefits, equal opportunity, and of of course, to work in a very safe environment. And I'm glad to have my guest today. She's an expert when it comes to human resources and um, in in connection with employee and employer. So I want to thank you for coming on, Tanel. And before we get into our our, uh, topic. Uh, Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, uh, Counselor. Sure. First, thank you for having me on. You bet. Really appreciate it. So my name is Tennille Royston, and I'm an attorney here in the Dallas area. So I specialize in business, immigration, employment law, and then also HR consulting. And so uh, most of the time I help small businesses deal with their employees, which what which things are right to do, which things not to do, mm-hmm. draft policies and procedures for small business owners, and just basically answer any questions they have when it comes to terminations, disciplines, things of that matter. There you go. Um, as far as me, I've always been an independent contractor uh, uh, to Dale and um, uh, all, all of my adult life, actually. And so I'm, I'm not too familiar with what goes on with HR and the employer and the employee. But I do know one thing. The HR is there to, to help the employee. Many times they look at the uh, that that office as a, an adversary, but it's not really that. It's what I've been able to, to understand. But um, these, uh, these rights of employees, do they come under uh, state or federal or, or both uh, laws? Uh, how does that work? So they come out under both ah, federal okay. and state authority. So there's the federal laws and then there's state laws that are similar or the same. So it's extra support. You can think of it like that. I see. Very good. Okay. So when it, let's say when an employer hires uh, an independent contractor like myself, let's say, uh, to represent a company, um, how, do you, how do you define that relationship? So the IRS sets for what an independent contractor is, uh, 
their job, kind of like their job duties. Basically, this okay. is how I look at it. Uh -huh. um, and, and, if, and the IRS would tell you the independent contractor relationship will depend on each case. So basically, the payer has the right of control to control control the result of work, mm -hmm. not how it gets done. So you have an agreement where someone pays you for your your work as an independent contractor. So if they can just con control the result of the work, the, the finished product, and not how you do it, not the tools you use, not when you do it, mm -hmm. um, really not how you do it. That is an independent contractor. Oh, I see. So what happens is employers um, they they mess up when they start controlling how you do your work. So hey, you mm -hmm. can only do it from nine to five. Okay, that by itself may not indicate that you know something is wrong, but the, the IRS will look at basically the whole case, a number of factors. Mm -hmm. So um, again, it, if the employer is telling you what time you have to do it. If they're giving you all the tools, uh, those things the IRS will look will look at. I see. Interesting. So when it comes to that relationship, I, I'm assuming then, uh, from what I take, uh, from what you're telling me, the HR is not involved, are they, in a relationship like that, or are they? Well, it depends. Uh, okay. <laughs> so when I was doing HR for a company yes. and we had employees and we wanted to bring aboard independent contractors mm -hmm. i was there to just um kind kind of tell them these things basically <laughs> you know an independent contractor you might want to have a, uh, an independent contractor agreement versus an employee agreement so those are two different things we we want to have an independent contractor agreement where we're letting them know the same things i mentioned that you know you, you have a right to do the job uh, how you want to do it, when you want to do it, as long as it's done by, let's say, Friday. Mm. So HR can play a role in helping the employer with the employee versus independent contractor matter. Or if there's no HR, which a, a lot of smaller companies, I see this in a lot of smaller companies, they may not have an HR, but mm -hmm. they definitely want independent contractors uh, to work with them. So, um, the, the business owner may not know these these things. I see. Very good. Okay. So let's say uh, I'm an independent contractor, and so I decide, well, may I'll submit an application to this company here to become an employee. So let's say, are there any restrictions as to what the employer can ask me during the job interview? <laughs> There's a lot. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. So um, th there are a lot of protections. Mm -hmm. Under the law, there's protections for people with uh, disabilities, people with genetic information, race, religion, oh, national sure. origin, sex, um, age. So there's a lot of questions an employer shouldn't ask mm -hmm. because that would indicate that there may be some form of discrimination. So some questions such as, do you have a disability or um, anybody in your family's been diagnosed with cancer what mm. race are you uh do you pray on sundays or saturdays um mm. what year did you graduate from high school so those would be indications of you know are they trying to discriminate against me why would they want to know that information so those are questions i tell the employer to stay away from 
Don't exactly. ask those questions. D- just stick with the work. Exactly. So uh, marriage status wouldn't be one. Am I correct on that? You really shouldn't ask that one either. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know. That's great. Right. Then you get into, you know, mm-hmm. is this, why, are the, why is the employer asking me this? Do they feel like, you know, if I'm a wife, I have to be home at a certain time mm-hmm. to take care, fix dinner or pick up the kids or. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that. Those. Yeah, I can see that where the employer is she's getting into your kitchen there, right? You know, you're just <laughs> yeah. get, getting too personal. So, okay, so of course, uh, uh, many employees, you know, they stay there for a little while, you know, then they'd see a, a better opportunity uh, down the road with another employer. What are the responsibilities of, of an employer to give a reference, hopefully a good reference, to a potential employer about you as an employee? Well, I mean, that is very state specific, but I can tell tell you, let me just give you a general answer. Sure. Every state is a little bit different, but um, I know here in Texas, the player is protected from defamation liability Mm. as long as the employer doesn't disclose information known to be false or made with uh, malice or reckless disregard of the truth. Mm Mm-hmm. So that is a, the the rule here in Texas, but I, I believe it's something like that in most states. Right. So I, I say this: when you when someone asks you about information about a former employee, I would say know who you're talking to first. Is this a debt collector or is this someone um, that's legitimately a um, new em- employer? Yeah, um, sure. Only give factual information. Only give information that's requested. Don't go overboard. Don't try to embellish the story mm-hmm. as to if this person was fired or, or liked or, or what have you. Just always tell the truth. There you go. Okay. That being said, in HR, we basically give the um, the work dates when this person was hired and when they parted ways mm-hmm. and the job title. Hmm. Um, and sometimes uh, people may ask for more, but a lot of HR people just give that information. They don't give anything else. So that's something that that is really good too, to just stick by the job title and the job dates. Very good. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I think that's what it is. Uh, I'm in California and I think that's how it is uh, here. Uh, and it makes a lot of common sense to me and does. Um. So let's say this employer hires me um, as a, an employee. Uh, w- what is, uh, this may vary from one jurisdiction or a state from another state, but as far as uh, breaks, rest breaks, what, what can you tell me on that? Okay. Yes, they would, that would be um, generally state specific. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no requirement for those rest breaks in Texas. The federal mm-hmm. laws don't really require rest breaks. The mm-hmm. only break I can think of is for breastfeeding moms. They're allowed to take unpaid breaks. Oh, I see. Okay. But um, breaks are just good for employees in general. You want to give your staff some kind of break, a mental break, a physical yeah. break. Um, so those are always good. And that's why a lot of employers give them because mm-hmm. they're, they're helpful to, I mean, everybody needs exactly. a break. Yeah. And then they're just not required to. That's I see. It's not required to, but um, 
also breaks may be required if someone is asking for accommodation, a re- religious accommodation, maybe to pray or meditate, mm. or uh, maybe somebody that is d- disabled needs a break. Oh, so it could fall under accommodations, and then you would be required to give them that. Yes. Okay. All right. That, uh, and, I, I, and I think a lot of it is who your employer is, too, how mm-hmm. uh, magnanimous he is, right? How generous and to yeah. take care of his employees and so forth. I, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, they're, again, they're good in general, I think. Oh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Just, you know, give someone a break, a mental break. I mean, sometimes people need breaks and, and, and maybe it's just a break and they can get back to work and, mm-hmm. and work just as hard, but they just still need a mental or a moment break. Very good. All right. So um, <clears throat> I've um, this question here. I, I like I said, I, I'm not too privy to a lot of what goes on within the HR, but the signs of age discrimination, what are the signs of that in the workplace? I mean, they could be plenty. It really? could be okay. someone asking about your age. How old are you? Huh. <laughs> or okay. someone, I remember I saw, I overheard someone speaking and they were speaking to somebody else and they're like, well, what year do you think she graduated? And so that is another way to tell someone's age, right? By mm-hmm. what year they graduated exactly. high school or college. I mean, sure. you don't have, in that particular instance, you didn't have to say, oh, how old that person is. But I mean, if you want to, try to get around it but that's still not a good you know that's not a good question to ask no it's not no um another question could be when do you plan on retiring mm-hmm. um okay that may be indicative of someone who's who's older than younger right right um it could be teasing someone it could be joking about age right uh, maybe not like a, a one-time joke, but if it's severe and frequent, yes, I would say that could be mm-hmm. indicative of some kind of age discrimination. Okay. We are chatting with a professional human resource attorney who believes in making sure the employee is aware of his and her employee rights. Of course, she makes it clear that state laws vary from one state to another. However, federal law is the same in all these United States. Let's get back with her, Tanel Royston. Very good. All right. Um, How is uh, another question I I, I need to ask you because uh, um, some of these questions or some of the things that do happen are rather vague in the workplace, but how is... Illegal retaliation defined because today, you know, you, you hear about uh, somebody uh, blowing the whistle on what's going on, you know, and so forth. So uh, how do you how do you determine that? How is that defined? So it could definitely be different from state to state. But mm-hmm. with the EEOC, the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which is federal, mm-hmm. um, they say that it's illegal to punish job applicants and or employees from executing their rights to work in an environment that's free from discrimination. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's illegal to be fired from being a witness in invest- workplace investigation, 
Um, it's illegal for filing a, a complaint and being retaliated against or someone who files a lawsuit or someone even who, who doesn't want to follow directions they deem to be discriminatory to someone else. Mm -hmm. um, even talking to a supervisor about discrimination is protected or requesting an accommodation. Mm -hmm. those, those things you can't retaliate against an employee for doing those things. I understand. Okay, very good. And of course, there's lots of things that do happen uh, in, in a lot of uh, these companies. And uh, I'd like for you to define this for me, if you would, counselor. And that is, uh, what are the differences between sexual violence is one, sexual assault and sexual harassment? Is, is there a difference? Uh, There's somewhat of a difference. I think with sexual violence, that's more um, harmful, traumatic, definitely deals yeah. with um, yeah. force. Um, mm -hmm. It can include sexual assault, um, sexual violence, there's no consent. You don't, you, the other person doesn't give consent or is unable to give consent at the time mm -hmm. of the act. Um, sexual assault can be any kind of unwanted touching in a sexual nature. Mm -hmm. And um, again, without consent and sexual harassment would be any kind of unwelcome sexual behavior, sexual request as well. I see. Very good. All right. And, and having that, uh, having that said, uh, is there a statute of limitation? If let's say an individual was sexually assaulted many, many years ago. Yes. You'll have to look that up from uh, state to state. It, I see. It, it, yeah. It varies from state to state. Uh-huh. Okay. Very good. So very good. Um, is my employer responsible if I am sexually harassed? Is this question here? At uh, let's say at a company sponsored event outside of working hours, which is kind of interesting to me. Yeah, that is very interesting. I would that would be state specific as well. As well, okay. That would depend. I mean, generally, generally, um, employer would not be liable. First of all, the employer must be notified. So if you don't notify him, he can't be liable. Mm -hmm. And um, as long as the employer takes reasonable steps to correct the situation, then right. this is just generally speaking, mm -hmm. then they won't be liable, especially for uh, any kind of sexual assault or harassment in the workplace. Very good. Okay. So, uh, yeah, anyone listening that have to check with their, their state, what department would that be, incidentally? Where were they? Where they where do they go to find those details, those those nuances of this law here? Now they can look at um, the EEOC. That's oh, okay. federal. Then for state, they can look at it, it, the entities are called different things in different I states. I know um, people can go in Texas to the Texas Workforce Commission and start there. But I, I think the names vary from state to state. Exactly. But you so. might Google, you can Google maybe um, sexual harassment or discrimination in the workplace and then list your state, then that might pop pop up. Very good. Um, again, I, I'm not too familiar. I think here in California would be the Labor Commission, I believe, would cover that. So. Very good, counselor. So what should I do if, uh, let's say, I fear that uh, my uh, employer is going to retaliate against me? Is there any, anything I need to do uh, for my protection? Well, 
I always advise people to take notes of the situation, track everything, make sure you have specific details and dates, um, write down the people who was around, who witnessed uh, this take place. Mm-hmm. So, so like, so you don't go on, you know, a fear of, you have to actually be retaliated against, but up until then, definitely take your notes and track everything. Very good. Okay. Just to make sure you make a log of what, uh, what's happening. And I guess that does, uh, add, you know, preponderance to your eventual complaint, I suppose. Yeah. Right. Because you're going to have to prove these things and you'll be asked what happened, who was there, all these details that um, anyone will really forget unless you write down and you're specific as to what happened when. Very good. All right. And I've known cases, um, counselor, that uh, an employee would, would get hurt, you know, on the job and become disabled uh, and cannot do the work anymore. Any, What should a person like that do? Any options? Well, yeah, so if, if you're disabled and you're still working or you still want to work, you can always ask your employer for an accommodation. Uh, so um, yeah. most are, most employees are required to give you some type of uh, reasonable accommodation. Right. So right. it's going to... Yeah, I've heard Yeah, I've heard that term before. That's, that's federal, I believe, and it's a federal expression. Yeah, yeah so it, it's not going to be... The law won't make them do it if it's going to cost like, you know, maybe fifty million dollars oh, in well, a yeah. small yeah. company. Yeah, but exactly. um, if it's a reasonable, it doesn't really hurt the business, um, or, or they can prove they have a business necessity as to not to do it. But um, sometimes uh, an accommodation can be a break. Mm-hmm. It can be a different. Um, keyboard it can um, be a different tool or chair standing desk um, a pillow Um, it it really depends it could be Mm -hmm. small it can be big it could be um, more time off flex flexible schedule I mean you really should speak with your um, employer about seeing if they can accommodate you if you still want to work very good. So, yeah, I think it, it's hinged a lot on the nature of the disability. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. You know, so what they're able to do for you. Uh, I can see that. Um, let's say uh, a mom, uh, she's pregnant again, and she was bypassed for uh, a promotion because of her pregnancy. Is that legal? Counsel? So there's the Pregnancy Discrimination Act of 1978, and it prohibits sexual discrimination based on pregnancy. Mm. So, um, unless the employer has another lawful reason mm-hmm. for bypassing the individual, mm. then then the employer would be okay. So, if it's based on you know strictly based in. in the employee can prove it that they were bypassed for a promotion because of pregnancy. That's illegal. But if the employer says, hey, no, I have a a legitimate um, legal reason, so they would be okay. I see. Okay. Very good. Very good. So 
you know, um, what we've been having to deal with, you know, the past uh, almost two years, I guess now. I mean, time goes by so quickly, you know, that uh, to know that uh, people are having to deal with the COVID and so forth, you know. Um, so let's say someone contracts the, the COVID virus and they take an extensive leave of absence. They get back to their job and they find out that they have been terminated. Is, is that uh, how should that be taken? So I would encourage anyone to look at their company policy. So I ah, see a lot okay. of companies now adding some kind of COVID policy in their employee handbook. So I would definitely look at that first because a lot of companies are, are offering um, some type of leave and extended leave with pay or without pay. So that, that mm-hmm. definitely start then there. And then also there have been several acts that allow for employers, some employers to give leave. And that depends on the time frame. So I don't know exactly, you know, what the time frame of this is, but it, it, it you have to see when this person had to take the extensive leave. They they may, you know, be protected as well. Exactly. <clears throat> Very good. All right. Um this other question I, I do have to ask you, um, sometimes the the, 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 um, the behavior within the workplace is not what it should be, you know, uh, counselor. So what if the employer continues to yell at me, okay? He yells at me and curses at me. And uh, is, is that grounds to, uh, to sue for harassment? So <laughs> this question is funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I had this uh, consultation with this individual, I think about two weeks ago over this particular question. And so what I told this person is, um, if you have a mean boss, a boss who's nasty, mm-hmm. there's really little you can do about it. I mean, That's right. if the harassment is based on a protective class, race, religion, national origin, sex, mm. age, um, genetic information, then um, it, and it's severe, the harassment is severe, creates a hostile work environment, mm-hmm. then you may have protection. But if it's, if he's just mean, and, and there's no indication that, you know, it's because of one of your protected classes, then there is really little you can do. I mean, yeah. I, I would suggest someone always speaking with their HR or maybe speaking with their supervisor or manager about it. But mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, I, I think we've all had some really bad bosses. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Ones, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. You, can't, you can't change behavior, you know? No, that, no, no, you can't. No. You cannot. And unfortunately, it's little we can do about that. Yeah, exactly. Of course, you can up and go down the road for another job, you know? That, you can always you become an independent contractor. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Very good, Janelle. Uh, um, this other question here I, I, I like to ask, and that is, uh, what is the Wage Theft Protection Act? How does that play into what we're talking about? So it's, it's a way on how, um, how employees are to be paid and how they can make, um, how employees are legally supposed to make deductions. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's all um, depending on, again, your wages. How are they issued? How, how they must be issued and how are they protected? Hmm. I understand. Is there, has that been an issue though? I mean, uh, you work and you, you expect your paycheck to, to be what it should be, but uh, has that been a problem? I mean, uh, 
yes. It's a problem that probably won't go away because yeah. um, sometimes it's just human error. Sometimes it's just, you know, human nastiness. So it, it <laughs> sometimes it's a misunderstanding. Sometimes yeah. it's just, um, you know, a, a mistake. It, exactly. it varies, but you have so many people working and so many people must be paid adequately. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be an issue. Yeah, like I can see that. I mean, $25, $30, $40 here and there, you know, if you have a, a sizable em- employee force, that, 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 right. that does add up, you know. So I can see the, uh, I can understand the, the this act here, this Wage Theft Protection Act, what it does for you. It's a protection. It, it really is for the employee. Um, I have um, uh, someone that's worked with a company here, um, and I'll tell you, it's a foreign company. It came in, bought out a, a company here in town uh, to now, and for some reason, I guess they can't get all their ducks in a row, and they, some of the employees, they've gone three weeks, four weeks without any pay. What ramifications is there, if any, if, if the employer fails to pay on a timely manner? So that, again, would be state specific. Ah, okay. Um, I know in Texas, you have to pay your workers. I mean, it, if you mess up, then the next time they need, you know, you need to correct that uh, error. Um, some states make employers pay penalties, mm. but it really depends on the state itself. On the state, okay. Mm-hmm. So and, they- and then you can always reach out to, again, they're called different names in states. I know you right. can reach out to the TWC, Texas Workforce Commission, if you have questions on if you weren't paid or you weren't paid um, yeah, yeah. adequately, correctly. Um, but I, again, I would Google wage issues in my state. And mm-hmm. that's a, a, another way you can figure out where to go to. But there's there's a place in every state you can, you can go. Okay, very good. Um, here, I, it's not a failure of pain. It's just uh, it's not uh, not being done in a timely fashion. And of course, I mean, you got everybody has bills to pay, you know, and it's not coming in. Mm-hmm. It's uh, definitely an issue. Yeah. Um, counselor, how can my listenership reach out to you for uh, legal uh, counseling or advisement? So you can reach out to me through email, tenille.royston at tenilleroystonlaw.com. You can also visit my website, www.tenilleroystonlaw.com. Mm-hmm. And you can always, uh, I, I guess you can contact me. You can text me as well. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. So I encourage uh, my audience to, to uh, and by the way, uh, your link will be on the description notes on the, uh, on the uh, once we get it put together and published. So I encourage my audience to look at that as well. Uh, Counselor, I appreciated the time you spent with us. And uh, I, I got to say that I do love your, your accent there, Texan accent, <laughs> that Texan draw, you know. I like that very much. And uh, I wish you the very best, Tanel. Thanks for having me. You bet. Appreciate it. Hey, listeners, if you have a recommendation for a show, or you have a question or a comment, or just want to say hello, drop me a note at charlottenparcel.org. And now, if you would excuse me.
This program has been produced by Isaac Diaz with music by Echo Foxtone. All the opinions expressed in this podcast are opinions only and should not be relied on. For more information, please visit the website yourlotandparcel.com.